Welcome back to the Rain in Your Herd podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode where we will teach you how to harness the power of the internet to grow your online herd. I'm Laura. And I'm April. We can't wait to watch your business grow when you implement what you learn from the podcast. Whether you own a stable or a boarding facility, offer riding lessons and horse training, or are building an online membership for equine education, these tips can help you get more clients. Thanks for tuning in. If you're enjoying the podcast, please, please hit subscribe and leave us a review. If you share your business name in your review, you just might hear it in a future episode. In episode 17, we are tackling Facebook ads. I know this can be a little overwhelming and maybe seem like you can't do Facebook ads. There's just too much going on. Like there's no way you're going to do it, but I'm here to kind of explain it to you and kind of do a little bit of step-by-step and where are the important things about Facebook ads. So why are they so important in the beginning? So there's over 2 billion users on Facebook. So what better place to advertise your products and your services, but on Facebook ads and they're not being so overly priced that you can now still compete there. And you know, the big guys like um, Walmart and all of them aren't really advertising yet. They're still using their TV advertisements and the print and such. So the little guys can still do well on Facebook ads. And that's why you really want to take advantage of them before these big guys do start jumping into Facebook. And I know um, Gary V is big on that, like really jump in there now, Get, start using your Facebook ads. So I wanted to start talking about Facebook ads and talk about the pixel. Um, people are like, what in the world is this pixel that everyone keeps saying? So the pixel code is very similar to the Google analytics code. Um, and it's the same type of code. Like you're going to get it from, it's your business manager, which is kind of like the background of Facebook. You can also have like, I think your content studios back there. Um, a lot of things back are back there. Um, but your pixel is going to be under your events manager. And this is where you're gonna get this little code and you're gonna put it in your website and you're gonna put it in your header. And for WordPress, there's usually um, easy plugins like called header and footer where you just plug in that pixel. And it's gonna do something very similar to what Google Analytics is doing. So Google is telling you, hey, this many people are coming to your website. They're in between these ages and you know this type of demographics, the, the gender and so on. The pixel is pretty much doing the same thing. And um, so when you put this pixel on your website, when you start running your ads, it'll tell you where that person went when they clicked on your ad. Did they just go to that one page or did they start exploring through the rest of your pages? And if it was a landing page, did they just go to that landing page or did they enter into your form? And after they entered into your form, did they actually purchase? Or did they get just the form but not purchase? And we can, you know, then go back in and start retargeting this. So this is all what your pixel is doing. Okay. So I have a pixel, but I get totally confused. And like, I think maybe I have more than one pixel on accident. I don't know what I did, but should you only have one pixel for your entire website or do you need a pixel for each? Like, would there so be any value in having a different pixel for a landing page or something like that? Most uh, usually a pixel is per ad account. So if you had multiple ad accounts then you could do it that way, but usually you only have one pixel per ad account. So you might've had a pixel because maybe you boosted a post and then you get a, maybe another pixel, maybe another account was created 
and you got that pixel from when you just created an ad account. Sometimes yeah. they're combined and sometimes they're separate. So if I'm in this weird space where I potentially have a few ad accounts, do I need to combine them or because then so, yeah. every time for my clients, it seems to be a little different, but then it's all, I'm so confused about the back end of this situation. So, <laughs> so like, yeah. I'm very, very happy have very not to face that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you want to have like where you're just in one area where you're just having all of your accounts and all of your ads in one account. Um, unless you're like maybe someone that, like me that I'm running multiple ads for multiple people and then I actually um, get access to their ad accounts and add it under my business account. And then I can go under each one of theirs and then they each have their own pixel. Um, and then nothing gets um, intertwined because this pixel is telling you about your audience and about the content you're putting out there. Uh, so you only really want to have that one pixel because this pixel, when you first put it on your website, it's very cold and knows nothing about your audience. So you want to put that pixel on so that way it's starting to learn about your audience, like, you know, the age of who likes what you're putting out there and so on. So sometimes it gets a little tricky too. So maybe you have, um, products that aren't even similar and now you have the same pixel so then it gets like maybe I should get another ad account because these two products are not attracting the same client or I don't want the same client for them maybe I have a big um, priced product and then maybe a smaller offer one and they're not going to attract the same people so you would want a different type of pixel for each one so should I basically have a pixel for each ideal client that I have um, it just, it just depends. So if the ideal, if the group is a completely different person than my ideal client for Dunview services. For what other services? For their for services for my big packages. So I'd say they're a little similar. I wouldn't go too different with those ones. I would use one pixel and kind of test it. So that's the biggest thing too with Facebook's ads is you're going to want to test it. And if you really think that it's not working for both, then I would go. But I, at first, I would still stay in one and use those and um, use the audience that I've learned about and go from there. And if it's not and it's just confusing some of your data, then I would switch. Okay. So, yeah, that was what I was kind of getting into. So, if your pixel is cold and you want it to now learn about your audience and what's going on with your content and such, you can, um, I would suggest that you run an ad from three to five days. And you don't want to mess with this ad, so you don't want to go in and edit it and constantly try to mess with everything. You want your pixel to learn about you. And sometimes you'll even see when you go in there in your analytics that it's saying learning. It's legit learning about your audience. So you don't even have to spend a lot of money on these ads. You could spend like $5 a day um, and just kind of just let it go. You know, put, put all your information in for your campaigns and your ad sets and such and then just let it be and let so you, but you still want to like still have like a good picture and all this other stuff that kind of goes along with it. But cause you want to make sure you're attracting the right person, but you just want to leave it alone. And um, this, when I'm talking about an ad too, I'm not just talking about an ad that you boosted, like a post that you boosted because a lot of times when you just boost a post, um, it was just fine sometimes, but when you just boost a post, it goes in there and it creates your own campaign for you and creates your own ad set, which is your, like your audience. And then, and then it goes on to create that ad and you don't want, um, Facebook to have all that control of what's going on out there. You want to go in behind and go to your business manager 
There's a couple different ways to get to your business manager from your um, homepage. Um, there's a little spot on the left side that has ads manager. Um, even that little drop down, like where you get to different multiple pages, you can get to your um, ads manager that way too. But um, in the back, then you're going to see um, your campaign and you go in there and you kind of just do the step by step and you just create an ad that way. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So step one is never hit that boost post button. Always go in from the business manager. Um, I would, but like if you're just trying to boost a post every now and again, it's, it's not going to hurt you. Uh, it's just the audience is just so large for that. Sometimes it's not attracting the right people that you want to attract. Right. And I definitely had that problem. Money away in a way. Yeah. I, the first time I ever did a challenge, I boosted the landing page for the challenge. I had like 17 Nigerian princes during the challenge, which wasn't really what I was going for. Oh, man. Yeah, that's great. A lot of people saw that, but not, not so great for business. Yeah. 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 So to take a little break from all this Facebook ad uh, <laughs> talk, because I know it's a lot, especially when yeah, you're I'm talking sure. about it like over uh, podcasts, but just to take a little mental break from it, we're going to talk about have our little midway horsey update. So today we're talking about the weather complications with owning horses since this is still going up in March, I believe. And um, we've seen some posts about you know, ice and the water troughs. And uh, Laura and I got into a conversation about uh, Alaska and using ice picks to clean up um, poop <laughs> and manure. Um, I think for me, one of my uh, fun weather challenges was in Washington and just dealing with the mud. Um, like I always thought, okay, it's going to be money, but ugh, it was just awful. And I remember horses having what they called scratches and they just yes. been down their legs and they did have to be in the stalls forever because I mean, it was just the mud, but just had so much gravel in it too. And, you know, even if they tried to avoid that, it was just always a nightmare. Yeah. Weather in Idaho, I actually got stuck at Orphan Acres, which is the horse rescue that I got both MJ and DT from. I got stuck there during a snowstorm once and had to spend the night. Um, and I was always pretty ballsy about just going right on in when the weather was bad. I had my Subaru and I know that I knew there was a tractor with a hay bale on it there waiting to push me if I <laughs> needed it. He would spear the, uh, spear a, like one of those giant round bales with the tractor forks and then just <laughs> shove my car into. Um, but it smelled like four feet while I was there. And the, I mean, he would have had to push me all the way back to the highway, which was like two miles. So that was it. I was going to get lost in this. Okay. Wow. So yeah, I got the pleasure of sleeping. Thankfully, there was downstairs apartment, and we soaked the wood stove, and I spent the night. <laughs> but I got a real life look at, you know, like once or twice we got up in the night, and I was like, I'm here. I might as well help out, you know. And so we went out there with a sledgehammer and cleared the pond, and. It's crazy. Like the weather is crazy. And even when it's just rainy, it's almost worse than when it's frozen because the mud is so bad. The mud is like, lose your boot for a few deep. Mm -hmm. So now mm -hmm. we have lovely little MJ down in California and she's completely become a cowboy. 
<laughs> I was like, she, you do not need a blanket. You're used to 20 degrees and sideways snow. You're fine. And she went on a hunger strike and wouldn't leave the shelter <laughs> in the rain. I'm not going out there to get wet. So she's all tucked into her blanket in 60 degrees. And I make fun of her every time. And she's like, I don't care. I love the blanket. <laughs> I like to be warm and cozy. I like to be in my tent. Put my blanket on me, mom. That's so too funny. Fully California fine and quite happy about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My horse wasn't so crazy about Washington, but now he's back in Washington on the ocean but it doesn't seem to be too bad i was talking about how like when he'd have thrush it was like almost like we had to maintain it in washington and it wasn't like you could even get rid of it as much as you tried it was just maintain it and make sure it doesn't get worse until the summertime where you could really just attack it and get rid of it but the winter time it was, it's just so dreary that's how it is here too it's just too wet and so i just keep a really dilute bleach solution and hit her with it every time i see her and it keeps it under control but it's yeah. not ideal yeah yeah do what we can we are interrupting this podcast episode to share our membership bundle with you laura and i are combining our membership so you don't have to choose between learning how to build your community and tackling the tech challenges of running your business that means the content coaching group and tech savvy equestrians will be offered together for just $99 a month, you can hop into both groups and get all the strategies and tools you need to grow your online herd. You can sign up at reininyourherd.com slash membership dash bundle. That's reininyourherd.com slash membership dash bundle. So before the break, I was starting to talk about, um, you know, boosting a campaign versus creating a campaign. And so there's three different big major parts for an ad. So there's the campaign part, and that's kind of like where you're going to have your budget and what you want it to do, conversions or your target audience and such. And then you have your ad set where um, that's kind of like your audience and um, what you, who you want to be looking at this ad. And then you have your actual ad. So what is, you know, what images are you using? What videos are you using? What are you writing in your content? What is your headline? Are you doing a slideshow? Are you doing the post that you've already had? You know, all that is part of your ad. So I kind of wanted to dive in a little bit further into the ad set, the actual audience. And this is where when I asked, and I think I asked in Laura's group, like, where do you struggle with your Facebook ads? And a lot of people were saying that they were putting out ads, but for some reason it wasn't going to the right audience. And it was just like people that had nothing to do with horses. And they're like, I don't get how they're seeing my ad. So what is the right audience size for your ad? And that should be about um, 200,000 to 500,000 people should be seeing this ad. Um, so it's like, how do I change this number? So a little bit of that is the demographics, you know, the ages, the gender, but when you're doing your first ad, now to kind of go backwards, when you're doing your first ad, you don't really want to mess with your demographics or anything because you don't want to assume things. Because your pixel may tell you more about your content and who you're reaching than what you think you already know about your ideal client. So you don't want to assume anything about your client or your, who you're reaching with that. So don't do that on your first ad. But after you've done a couple of ads and your pixel's telling you stuff, then you can narrow down your demographics. But you can also... Okay. So go ahead. Explain to me how that works. So... I want to boost an ad, but I, I don't want to reach anybody who isn't a business owner. Mm -hmm. Because that so, doesn't do me any good. So how do I kind of like 
leave it open while not recording yes. it. So there's a couple ways. Um, some people like to go in and um, they usually sometimes use um, that you can use your email list as a lookalike audience. There's a, there's tons of ways you can create audience, but one of them is you could use your email list and you import your email list, you like get that CSV file, and then you say, I want people that look like these people. Like this is who I want. Um, that's one of my favorite ways for a lookalike audience. Um, if you're creating a new audience. Um, then you can see maybe other Facebook pages that, you know, people are really liking that are around that topic. You could put that in there. Um, and that's almost like a lookalike audience. There's just so, so many. Go ahead. Saying it's okay to kind of set those parameters around like broad things. Like maybe I want people who are fans of Buck Brannerman and also fans of Benna Kutcher or something like that. Yeah. But mm -hmm. you don't necessarily put constraints on their age and their gender and that kind of stuff because Facebook will tell me who's resonating with the content. Right. Is that? Yeah. Ah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Got it. Awesome. Yeah. 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 And so another good point too, is that, um, I know a lot of us just, just like, Oh, I'm getting clients in the USA. That's who only who I want to talk to, but some people could actually even reach out to, um, other English speaking, if that's what you want, you really want people that are speaking English, which I understand. So you could be going to Australia, Canada, United Kingdom, these could all be people that are interested in what you're providing, your products or your services, and they speak the same language, just maybe with a little bit of an accent. And the um, uh, big thing with USA, because we are such a, you know, a e-commerce and a commerce country, sometimes reaching to us is a little more expensive because they know we're going to purchase and to get to right in front of them. So sometimes getting in front of the USA people it's just a little pricier so if you can get in front of this audience of the different countries then and if they purchase then you know even better because it was cheaper to get to them oh i didn't know that that's fantastic mm -hmm. go. yeah yeah <laughs> i love it so um, yeah and of course i know that it's just like, there's just so much that goes into a facebook ad and it can be really overwhelming but uh, once you kind of start diving in there and get familiar with it, it gets so much easier. And of course, I'm providing a Facebook ad course specifically for equine business owners because I know they're struggling with making sure they're getting out in front of those horse people. Um, this would even be great for um, if you have a local horse business, maybe a boarding, a training facility, because I know you want new people coming to take lessons and you're doing like the original things where you're just going out in front of these like little magazines, maybe even on Craigslist, but Facebook ads are your friend. If you can narrow down your audience to like your locations even better. So I, this would be a great course for everybody. Like, you know, the blogs and um, if you have products and such, but even for local businesses, like I don't want to scare you away either. I really would like for you to come too because I know you could be, benefiting a lot and getting those new riders into your barn. So this course that I'm offering will be going live on March 16th. And um, so that's 10 days from when this episode will be going live. Um, and it'll be going over the campaign, how to use the pixels, because the pixels even get, you know, more intricate than what I was talking about. It'll, we could even put a code to make sure you know when they're on the, when they actually purchased. And then we're not going to target those people anymore. We're only going to target the people that just filled out the form or maybe we're just targeting the people that just clicked on the link so I can go deeper into how to make that pixel work so you know how to retarget that audience and how to start with your first ad but then once we know and read those analytics how do we go back 
and target the people that were interested, but not all the way because it, you know, it takes so many times before somebody sees you before they purchase from you. So retargeting is very key. And to get to that, if you're interested in the Facebook ads course, then you can go to makeitrain.com slash Facebook dash ad. So that's makeitrain.com slash Facebook dash ad. I'm really excited to take a look at this course and see what it's going on because I think that Facebook ads are definitely the next step for my business. I actually have one success story with Facebook ads and it's perfect to your location example because my friend's dad was running for a re-election for the local electric company. Um, board <laughs> and we ran some ads and it was very easy because there's only 13,000 people on Kodiak Island and we wanted adults on Kodiak Island to vote for him so we ran those ads and he won the election. Um, so location makes your audience really easy to target and mm-hmm. it's awesome. So don't, yeah. I don't agree with that. It's possible and that's super exciting. I'm excited to see your course. Yes, I'm excited. Yeah. So yeah, and if you I can't get the link or whatever. You can always go on rainyourherd.com and go to this episode um, 17 and it'll be up there too. But yeah, I hope you learn a lot from this Facebook ads and I hope it helps you go rain in your herd. Thanks again for listening to this podcast episode. To find out more information on our podcast episodes, make sure you check out our website, rainyourherd.com. You can also find us on multiple social media platforms such as YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. I'm April Hardiman, and I'm the owner of Make It Rain, where I help equine businesses grow their exposure online, either through social media, email marketing, SEO, membership websites, or all the techie stuff. I'm just your average tech-savvy equestrian. And if you want to know how to grow your herd, make sure you go check out my Facebook group called Grow Your Herd. And I'm Laura, the word wrangler. I help horse business owners grow their online communities without being slimy, salesy, or sleazy. I love writing and telling online stories and teaching other people to do the same. So that's exactly what I do through my business, Unbridled Content Marketing. If you want to learn more about creating a community around your business, come check out my Facebook group, The Word Wranglers Community.